the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, July the 5th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1776, the first copy of the Declaration of Independence was printed by John Dunlop, a printer in Philadelphia. Today on July 5, 1971, President Richard Nixon certified the 26th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution that lowered the minimum voting age from 21 to 18. Today in 1687, Isaac Newton first published the Principia Mathematica. It's a three-volume work setting out his mathematical principles of natural philosophy. I want to spend the rest of my time taking you through... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Today in 1947, Larry Doby, he made his debut with the Cleveland Indians, becoming the first black player in the American League three months after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in the National League. That's baseball, for those of you who don't care about sports. Today in 1954, Elvis Presley made his first commercial recording. His session was at Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee. The song he recorded was, That's All Right. Today in 2009, a bankruptcy judge ruled that General Motors Corporation could sell the bulk of its assets to a new company, clearing the way for the automaker to emerge from the bankruptcy protection. And five years ago today, the FBI recommended no criminal charges for Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. Remember, she had their email server. She had all of our State Department uh, classified material, all this stuff was on this server in the closet where she and Bill lived in New York. I mean, it was unbelievable. So they come out, they say there will be no criminal charges, but the director of the FBI, James Comey, then turned around and did this scathing criticism of her, calling it extremely careless and so on, of her handling of classified material. But there were still no consequences, just a whole bunch of words. And then, of course, as you recall, James Comey pivoted and went after Trump because he didn't like Trump at all. Interesting. We live in such a confused world. There are so many different voices and noises out there that are calling for our allegiance, calling for us to believe what they have to say. Let me give you, just cut to the chase, and let me give you the truth. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 27. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. No fear, even when the enemy comes. Though war may rise against me, In this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. 
in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And my head shall be lifted up above mine enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, when things are going badly, when things have turned against us, and you in particular, each of us individually, the Lord is the light of our life. The Lord is the path. The Lord is the way. We need to be informed. We need to know what's going on in our world. But we don't want to be so informed that we lose perspective and we lose sight of the light of truth that is God's word. Never lose that. President Joe Biden yesterday said America is coming together. The Associated Press has reported this morning a feature article on the president. He really said next to nothing, but here's what they're reporting. Associated Press calling a vaccination the most patriotic thing you can do. That should be a tip to the depth of the president's comments yesterday. Calling a vaccination the most patriot thing you can do, patriotic thing you can do. President Joe Biden on Sunday mixed the nation's birthday party with a celebration of freedom from the worst of the pandemic. He tempered the strides against COVID-19 with a warning that the fight against the virus wasn't over. Then he said this, this is a quote, Today, all across this nation, we can say with confidence, America is coming back together. Yesterday, we celebrated the 4th of July, Independence Day. Millions of us hugged our country. We said, God bless America. And we celebrated the greatest nation in the history of the world. But not all of us. I would doubt. Maybe it's just optimism on his part. I mean, that's a good thing. But I would doubt that today, yesterday or today, that all of this nation, we can say with confidence, is coming back together. I wish that were true. Our founding fathers wish that were true. They intended that. They wanted that to be the case in all generations, but it isn't. A former U.S. senator announced this weekend that she and her family started a new tradition this year. This is an elected official, former. She's retired now. I'll come back to her in a moment. They watched the video of the January 6th riot at the Capitol. And she said, this is our new family tradition. We're going to watch this video every year going forward on the 4th of July. The New York Times suggested that old glory, our flag, no longer unites us. And flying it gives people a clue about who you really are. The Washington Post reported that the Statue of Liberty is a symbol of hypocrisy. I'm quoting them. A symbol of hypocrisy and a hollow promise. This, while tens of millions of us still believe that America is the greatest nation in the history of the world, blessed by God, and we do so with no regrets. Our founding fathers believed the same thing. They signed the Declaration of Independence. They pay, paid a great price. I'm convinced that they would have they would have no regrets today. None whatsoever. 
Rasmussen put out a survey over the weekend. It said most Americans consider the 4th of July one of the nation's most important holidays. And we recognize it, that it celebrates the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Far fewer, however, <coughs> excuse me, think the Founding Fathers would be happy with the current condition of our country they created. Rasmussen found that uh, on their survey over the weekend, that 34% of American adults believe the Founding Fathers would consider the United States a success, down from 40% just a year ago. Same question. 41% now say the Founding Fathers, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, all of them, would view America as a failure. 25% are undecided. 25%, they don't know if America is succeeding or failing. But 40% a year ago, 34% now, believe that the Founding Fathers would consider the United States a success. So most of America, two-thirds of America, basically, they know that we have departed from our founding do doctrines and our founding beliefs and founding principles. They know that. And yet we elect people who continue to take us down the wrong path, the so-called progressive path. That's the big conundrum in America today. We've lost our identity because our identity is wrapped up in our founding principles, and our founding principles were extracted and taken from the Bible, which is eternal principles. And now we have become a progressive so-called nation, making it up as we go, deciding what is truth on a daily basis, and acting on that truth. And when we do that, of course, there are consequences to that. I don't know that a vaccination is the most important most patriotic thing we can do. I'm pretty sure it isn't. And I'm also equally sure I wish America today were coming together, but they're not. And it is the left that is driving the wedge between the people who embrace our nation, love our nation, and fly our flag, and stand up for our founding documents. But it is the people that are trying to undermine and destroy those very principles that support and elected this president who thinks the American America is coming together. He can say that with confidence. That's how out of touch the left is on what's happening in our country today. Over the weekend, Democrat former U.S. Senator Claire McCaskill, she told MSNBC that she and her family started a new tradition. She said on the 4th of July, I'm quoting her, on the 4th of July, every 4th of July going forward, we're going to watch the video of the Capitol riot on January 6th. What in the world? That's weird. But it's true. She actually said that. Democrat California Rep Representative Maxine Waters last night she went on a on a just a rampage on Twitter a rant she said she attacked the Declaration of Independence she's a sitting U.S. representative she attacked the Declaration of Independence she 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 tweeted the Declaration of Independence says all men are created equal equal to what what men only white men isn't it something that they wrote this in 1776 when African Americans were enslaved? They weren't thinking about us then, but they're thinking about us now. Missouri Democrat Congresswoman, sitting Congresswoman, Cori Bush, she took to Twitter 
She must have read Waters because she was kind of echoing Waters' rant and her sentiments about the 4th of July being a racist holiday. Corey Bush tweeted, when they say the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. Bush tweeted, this land is stolen land. Black people still aren't free. That's the tone of this president's political party. I don't know how he can stand in front of a nation and say he can say with confidence, we're coming together. We're not coming together. We're being driven further apart, but we're being driven further apart by his philosophy and by the philosophy of the left, unfortunately. It's a destructive philosophy. Anything that is at enmity with the Bible and with biblical principles is a destructive policy, a destructive ideology. President Trump, former President Trump, he was not to be left out of all this over the weekend. He said yesterday, he said, the 4th of July will not be canceled nor purged from history or from our hearts. And he went on to make a few more comments much like that. But that's what's happening. Washington Post journalist Phil Kennicott wrote in the Washington Jeff Bezos paper, he said, indeed, if the Statue of Liberty had any kind of stable meaning over its lifetime, it's not a symbol of liberty, but as a symbol of the misuses of liberty as a hollow promise, unequally distributed and limited in its uh, application to certain groups. This is from an award-winning journalist. The pushback was significant. That isn't good journalism. It's just obvious, obvious activism. Bill Maher posted, he's a lefty, but he posted on Twitter, the Statue of Liberty isn't a Republican. It's a statue. There must be better things to write about. But it's not really about the statue. It's about hatred for America and what she stands for. The left wants the benefits of our exceptional country, but they don't want to love it and to nurture the country and honor the founding principles upon which it was founded. The New York Times feature article again over the weekend. Yesterday, flying old glory is now seen as a clue to one's political identity. Once again, the left loves the benefits of living in America, but they don't want to make a commitment. They don't want to make a commitment to anything. That's why they have evolving truth and relativism. In fact, a country that has given so much to so many is often, by the left, given nothing but disdain in return. The Times article claims that our flag is, I'm quoting them, quote, a 4th of July symbol of unity that may no longer unite us. Supporters of former President Donald J. Trump, they can't get over Trump. Supporters of former President Donald J. Trump have embraced the flag so fervently that many liberals have, well, they worry what the left has all but ceded the national emblem to the right. In other words, the people that love America have loved it and expressed their patriotism so much that the left feels like they've co-opted the flag. Well, we've co-opted the flag because we simply recognize it as a symbol of what America stands for. We don't worship the flag or the country. 
In fact, we're dual citizens as Christians. Our citizenship is in heaven. But during this period of time in God's great scheme, we live here and we're citizens of America as well. And we love America. God bless America. But they claim that today flying the American flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue. <laughs> I'm quoting from, from the New York Times as a clue, albeit an imperfect one, to a person's affiliation in a deeply divided nation. The Times continued, quote, politicizing the American flag is thus a perversion of its original intent. Well, how is flying the flag on your house or in the back of your pickup or anywhere else, how is that a perversion of its original intent? The New York Times launched the long feature article with, of a, with a story of a potato farmer from Long Island, New York. The farmer created a local landmark with an old, upbeat potato truck with a United States flag painted on the back of it. And um, the farmer, his name is Peter Tiber, Jr., he has his truck parked along County Route 48 on Long Island. In, it's Southhold County, or Suc Suffolk County in, in uh, Southhold, Long Island, but it's in Suffolk County. But he thought that he was doing little more than just simply drawing the attention of passersby. He thought it would attract people to his potato farm, and he grows vegetables and stuff and sells them to green grocers. And so he thought it would just cause them to come because it's 4th of July. I mean, you know, anyway, at a local green market the other day where he was trying to sell some of his harvest to this, you know, green um, farm to, to, to market kind of a place, he ran into trouble while he was trying to strike a deal. During the conversation, he finally kind of let his true liberal progress. He's not a conservative, this farmer guy. He's a he's a liberal. I, I've never been able to understand why farmers or anyone else can be liberal progressive. But anyway, he, he is. He says he is. So he let his views kind of slip out and he kind of tipped off the woman that he was trying to sell to. The woman wasn't buying his product, but he couldn't figure out why. So he kind of let her know that he was a liberal and so on. Mr. Tiber, he's 32 years old. He then said he told The New York Times, he said, and then I said, oh, you know, I wasn't so sure about you. I thought, she told him, the, the farmer, I thought you were some flag-waving something or other. The farmer tells the Times it was because she saw his old truck with a flag on it. He says, it was a little sad to me. It shows the dichotomy of the country. He reflected, do I need to reconsider having that flag out there? To many leftists, the Times declares the flag has been co-opted by the right, but that's not true. America has been embraced by the right and rejected by the left. That's the, what the real issue is. They're constantly demanding that America be remade, reset, rebuilt, or even removed, becoming a place on earth without borders, just a spot of land. That's what they really want. Joe Biden is carrying that out in his policies. The left demands that the fruit of America, as their right, while being unwilling to make a commitment to the nation that's given so much to so many. The left characterizes the man who wants to live with his girlfriend, but he doesn't. he's unwilling to make the commitment of marriage. That's the relationship, in my mind, that the left has with America. They want all of the benefits 
bring them on, bring in millions of illegal aliens. We'll hand them a ballot and say, check this box for the next president of the United States. They don't care. They don't want to make a commitment to America. They want to use the resources and the freedoms and the liberties that were birthed by our founding fathers. And the left characterizes that man who wants to live with his girlfriend, but he's not willing to make the commitment of marriage. As a pastor, I've seen that many times, too many times. The men who signed the Declaration of Independence, they knew what commitment looked like. Have you ever wondered what price the signers actually paid for their commitment to freedom and independence? I've wondered about it. Remember the late Paul Harvey, the radio guy? He wondered about it, too, and he wrote an article about it. I kind of dug that up out of the archives. And let me share a part of what Paul Harvey found when he wondered about the Founding Fathers. The day after the 4th of July, do we have regrets? The day after? The morning after? Paul Harvey said five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army. One of the signers had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died of wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. But what kind of men were they? These men who boldly wrote their names to the declaration that lit the fires of liberty in the souls of men throughout the world. Twenty-four were lawyers and jurists, eleven were merchants, nine were farmers, large plantation owners, men of means, well-educated. Their security, their incomes, their worldly possessions made them substantially well-off. But they signed the Declaration of Independence even though they knew the penalty would be death on the gallows if they were captured. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ship swept away by the seas of the British Navy. He sold his home and his properties to pay his debts and died in rags. Thomas McKean was so hounded by the enemy that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in Congress without pay and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him and poverty was his reward. Vandals or soldiers or both, looted the properties of Elry Clymer, Hall, Walton, Gwinnett, Haywood, Rutledge, Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson, Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home for his headquarters. The, homer, the, the, the owner quietly urged uh, General George Washington to open fire, which was done. The home was destroyed. Thomas Nelson, <clears throat> Jr. died bankrupt. His grave is unmarked and unknown. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife. She died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and his grist mill were laid waste. For more than a year, he lived in the forests and caves, returning home after the war to find his wife dead and his children vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. Morris and Livingston 
suffered similar fates. Such were the stories and the sacrifices of the American Revolution. These were not wild-eyed, rabble-rousing ruffians. These were soft-spoken men of means, wealth, and education. They had security, but they valued liberty more. Standing tall, straight, and unwavering, these men pledged, quote, for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. This generation has been taught that they have all the rights with no consequences and no obligations. The Bible clearly teaches that to whom much is given, much is required. I do not know the words to adequately express to you or to convey to you how much God has given us here in America. But I think in our hearts, particularly those of us who are believers, who are followers of Jesus Christ, we have this sense that America has been terribly blessed. There is this sense that America has been the first when tragedy strikes this world. We're the first ones to show up because we are driven with compassion by our Christian commitment. That's why America has done more for more people than any nation in the history of the world. We're there the first one when there's a tragedy, some kind of an act of weather or, or earthquake or whatever. We're the ones that show up, the Franklin Grahams and Samaritan First and all of these people. They are motivated. They are brought to these points on the globe by their love for God and their compassion for people. That's what true love and true compassion looks like. That's why we honor America. We celebrate America, but we don't serve America and we don't worship America. Although we're sometimes characterized as people who do, patriots, nationalists, and that's now evolved to white supremacists. No, we simply see the value of America and the value is invested and it's there because of the founding documents, the foundations upon which this nation was built. That's why we love America, because God has used America, and God has used America to give our children and our grandchildren and each generation a freedom. This republic is unlike any nation that ever existed in the history of mankind. It is. You've got to lie in history books to make it different because that's the way it was. Any true historian knows that. We have been blessed beyond measure. And we have, no matter who criticizes us and how deeply they criticize, we have used our bounty, our prosperity to bless the world. But ironically, it is the left who are trying to destroy this nation are the ones that claim and they signal their virtue to be the ones that are compassionate. That's what divides America today. It's not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about an ideology that runs right to the core of our heart, to the spirit that's within the heart of every man. It's whether or not and how we process God's truth. And if we reject God's truth, we will reject anyone and everyone, including this nation, to the degree that it would stand for God's truth. Because we now honor and celebrate and worship our own truth. 
That's why America is divided today. But we will carry on. And as God's word says, God will lift you above the enemies. He'll make you strong. Thanks for being with me today. And thank you for your support. We'll see you tomorrow.